We're going to begin with number 286, Wonderful Story of Love. Wonderful story of love, tell it to me again. Wonderful story of love, wake the immortal strain. Angels with rapture announce it, shepherds with wonder receive it. Sinner, oh, won't you believe it? Wonderful story of love, wonder. story of love though you are far away wonderful story of love still he doth call today calling from Calvary's mountain down from the crystal bright fountain creation wonderful story of bow with me, please. Our gracious Father in heaven, we bow before you this night to give you thanks. Father, we thank you for your many blessings, both physical and spiritual. Father, especially this evening, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that died upon the cruel cross of Calvary. Father, we're thankful for the church that gathers at this place. And at this time, Father, we're thankful for the many activities that are going on from this location. Father, we thank you for all those that serve at this place, and we thank you for this great country that we live in. And we give thanks for all of your many blessings. Father, at this time, as we bow before you, we, we think of those that are on our sick list, Father. There are many that are hurting. There are many that have lost loved ones. There are those that are in the hospital, and there are those families that are watching after them. We pray, Father, at this time, your blessings on them, and we pray, Father, that as we have opportunity, we'll minister unto them. 
Father, we ask you to be with this church that gathers in this place. We ask you to be with the leaders and the teachers. We ask you to be with us each day as we go through this life, Father. We ask you at this time to forgive us, Father. We do not ask for justice, but we ask for mercy and grace. We ask you to be with us and watch over us. All these things we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Before the sermon, we'll sing 877. Won't it be wonderful there? Won't you stand as we sing the song? When with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful there? Ended the troubles and cares of the story land, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing, oh, won't it be wonderful Talking with Christ the supernal one, won't it be wonderful there? Praising, adoring the matchless eternal one, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing, oh, won't it be wonderful? will never be sweeping us, won't it be wonderful there? That forever the Lord will be keeping us, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing, oh won't Please be seated. It's great to see everybody tonight. I'm excited like Jim is about just the, the level of activity and so many great things that are going on. You know, if your only relationship with the Savannah Church of Christ is coming here to worship, uh, which I think we have outstanding times of worship, but if that's all it is, you're missing out on something. Uh, this, is an, this is a place that where I think it's as it should be, where your life can, re, can revolve around the bride of Christ. And, and I think there are so many different opportunities. Uh, I was encouraged before we came up here tonight, uh, the mission committee and several of the elders were uh, meeting with Perry Harden via Skype, I guess is what they were using, uh, via a little computer that they set on my desk. And uh, that's encouraging to see. Excited about uh, Mallory and Kayla as we're sending them off to Miami here, or, well, to training for Miami here in a few weeks. I do want to remind everyone that there's going to be a send-off for them. Uh, that's a week from Wednesday night. This Wednesday night is the Christmas card swap. Uh, the next Wednesday night, there'll be a finger food fellowship um, to come and, and say goodbye to them and tell them how much we appreciate them and how much we want to pray for them. Uh, there'll also be a money tree in their honor, and you can give that uh, to, my, to Shelley or to Pat Williams if you'd like to help with that. I'm just saying, it's a lot of things to be excited about. 
there's a lot of people's lives to be excited about and that God's doing some great things. And, and I think that, that that's part of, part of what is, is so awesome and so appealing about being a part of the body. I want us to take just a few minutes tonight to, to talk about something that we've been seeing a lot in the, in the news here lately. Did, did you hear about this, Scott? Did you hear that the world is going to end? Did you hear about that? I mean, it's coming up really quick. And some of you, you know, you're worried about Christmas presents and, you know, you got to get this for the grandchildren. Don't worry about it. Just forget about it. All right? Because we're not, we're never, we're not going to get to Christmas. All right? Because the world apparently is going to come to an end. May or December 21st, 2012. That's the day. Apparently, that's the day that the Mayan calendar is done. Okay? And, and so a lot of people have been speculating that the Mayans must have known something that we all don't know, and the thing that they knew is that the world is coming to an end. I remember the first time I heard about this, it was, was probably three or four years ago, there was that movie out with Nicolas Cage, which tells you it was real high quality, uh, 2012. Anybody, anybody see that movie? Anybody want to fess up to it? Only one person in the room. Well, two people. Okay. Well, that's what it was all about. The world's going to come to an end. There's going to be this, this cataclysmic. I, I that butchered that word, but you know what I mean. This really bad thing is going to happen, and the world's going to be gone as we know it. And apparently, there are a lot of people that believe this. Matter of fact, I was uh, on Yahoo t today, and there was a news story that, that the United States government has, like on their, official, on their official blog, have written some things assuring people that the world really isn't going to come to an end. And, and they said that the reason they thought this was necessary for the government to do is because apparently scientists at NASA have been getting thousands of letters from people that, that are really concerned that this is going to happen. And want to know what they ought to do about it. And some of these scientists even talked about, about the fact that there have been a lot of young people who've been writing to them, even contemplating, contemplating ending their own lives because they think the end is here. There's no hope. And so a lot of people are worried about this. And there may also be a lot of people who are just saying, well, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, it, it kind of sounds kind of mysterious and eerie that, you know, that, that their calendar's going, going to run out. Well, here's the deal. If, if we want to get into to the specifics of it, friends, there is absolutely nothing to that. Uh, it's a production of Hollywood. It's a production of the media. When, when you talk to the people who are experts about the Mayan civilization and the Mayans, that they speak with one voice uh, about these issues saying nothing to it. There was a, I'll give you a few experts. Susan Milbroth, who is a Mayan uh, archaeoastronomer, curator of the Florida Museum of Natural History, she said it would be impossible for them to have known that. And there is no record or knowledge that they even thought the world would come to an end at that point. Sandra Noble, the executive director of the Mesoamerican Research Organization, she, she, she said, and I think this is important, she, she noted that, that the end of their calendar is simply the day that the calendar will go into what they call the next cycle. And she says it was to be this huge celebration to mark the next cycle. We have that same thing, don't we? There are probably a lot of you who have calendars in your home at this very moment. And do you realize that on December 31st, they're going to end? Did you realize that? You better start showing up water or praying to God or something because they're going to end. Are you scared, J.D.? Are you worried about that? No. 
Because you're going to go out and you're going to pay too much money for another calendar and put it right up in the same place. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's this, this hubbub. These experts said, well, where does this come from? They said from the media and other people who are using the Mayan past to fulfill agendas that are really their own. A complete fabrication and a chance for a lot of people simply to cash in. If you want to hear the latest, uh, actually in the last couple of years since a lot of this media has started coming about, they've actually found in, in Guatemala Mayan calendars that actually go beyond 2012. So well, what am I saying? There's nothing to it. Even though there are a lot of people who believe the world's going to come to an end, well, it may, very well may come to an end, but it's not going to come to an end because, because the Mayan calendar or the calendar on your refrigerator is, going to, is coming to an end. That's not what's going to end the world. There's nothing to this idea. The reality is, though, in dealing with this, it's nothing new, is it? I mean, every, every few years, sometimes every few months, we'll have these, we'll have these people who will come about and they'll say, there are all these things that are coming together and there's this reason, and this is why I know that the world is going to come to an end. I, I, I preached a sermon, I think it was... Two, no, it was just like a year and a half ago, uh, about this guy on, on, on the screen, Harold Camping. You, you remember this guy? See, maybe at the time you might have known him, you probably forgot about him now. He was the head of the family radio network out of California. And they, they bought billboards all over the country. I don't know if there were any here, but I know that there were some in Kentucky that warned that the end of the world was coming because he had this mathematical formula where he had figured it out. And you know what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. But it was just almost humorous whenever you started looking into his rationale. And I want, to, I want to share this with you. That Camping realized, he said, that 5 times 10 times 17, if you multiply that by 5 times 10 times 17, equals 722,500. And, and, and he said, and, and when I saw that, I realized that's atonement plus completeness plus heaven squared. 5 times 10 times 17 is telling a story. He says it was the story of Christ, that, that Christ made a payment for your sins. I tell you, I just about fell off my chair when I realized that. He was serious. But it, it, not just that he was serious, friends, just that people were believing it. People were sending him millions of dollars to get the word out based on this crazy th talk that the world was going to come to an end. Because, because of some issue. We, we can look throughout history. You remember this book that was... I, I remember seeing this book whenever I was a kid. Hal Lindsey, the, the Late Great Planet Earth. Any of you re re remember seeing that book? It was a book that's all about the fact the world's going to come to an end. All right, You, you can still see Hal Lindsey on, on a lot of your television stations. Uh, he's got that big bushy mustache and he talks about all this end time stuff. Well, all I'm saying is that his book was wrong. There wasn't anything to it. You, you, can, you can keep going. Uh, you, you, you can go back to 1914 where this is a picture of a group of Jehovah Witnesses who had gathered together. And why did they gather together? They were gathered together because they were waiting for the Lord to come. Uh, the, the, there are some, some stories that people tell about people crawling up into trees because when the Lord came in the air, they wanted to be the first one to, to, to meet them. Uh, you can go back over, back into the 1800s. Uh, George Miller and what, what's now called the the great disappointment. Why? Because everybody thought the world's going to come. It didn't come. It didn't happen. I'm telling you, on and on, year after year, there are people who are saying these things, and, and it simply doesn't happen. 
this, some dates in our mind. You remember when the year 2000 came? And we were a little bit concerned about Y2K, but, but some people were concerned, you know, this is probably going to be the end of the world. I mean, we're moving out of the 1900s. I'd never know anything but the 1900s. The world's going to come to an end, so you better get ready. Even, even church attendance spiked a little bit in, in, in the three months but before the turn of, of the millennium, according to statistics. Why? People thought the world's going to come to an end. And you know what you did on New Year's Eve 1999? You know what you did? You kissed your wife and you went to bed that night just like you do every night because nothing happened. You go back in history, uh, 1,666 you know, A.D., people thought this is a thousand years plus, plus the, the, the mark of the beast, they said, 666. Six, six. Something bad's got to happen. Uh, there were things that were happening in the world. They, they, they talked about the, the bubonic plague and the great fire of London. But you know what? The world went on. Went back to the first millennium of, of a thousand, and then, and then people said, well, a thousand years, one, one, uh, 1033, a thousand years after Christ, uh, after Christ's resurrection... I'm just saying that on and on and on. And we really don't have time to go uh, through, through all of the, of the examples that we have throughout history of people saying, the Lord is coming. As a matter of fact, you know, we, we look in our Bibles, even in the Bible, th there were people who were, who were saying those things. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, in verse 36, you remember that they had, they had, brought, um, <clears throat> they had, they had brought these men before, before the council and they were wondering what to do with them, and Gamaliel stood up, and and he said, he said, men, from the time, from some time ago, Theodosius rose up claiming to be somebody, and a group of about four hundred men joined up with him, and he was slain, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. And after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. And so I'm telling you in this present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or action should be of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. What's he saying? There are always going to be these people. There always have been. There always will be. If, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. But I'm telling you, it hasn't happened. And even though people have followed them, this is the world that we live in. And I, let, let me say, even though I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of these things, does it still make you a little bit uncomfortable sometimes? I mean, did, did it put you a little bit on edge when you were going into 2000? And you know what? I'm pretty sure my mama had a case of water in her trunk. You know, you, you probably did too, didn't you? Or some, maybe, maybe somebody you knew had... It makes us a little nervous, you know, because somebody said this was going to happen. But friends, the only one, the only one who knows when, when the end is going to come, it's our Father in heaven. You see, you don't know. I don't know. That man on television doesn't know. That man who wrote that book doesn't know. That man who has a radio program, that man who has a t they don't know. But Jesus Christ Himself didn't know when the, when the end of the world was going to be. We need to be very careful as we allow these things to disrupt, to, to disrupt our lives. There, there's a passage about prophets that, that's, that's so powerful in Deuteronomy chapter 18. But it says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true... That is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously, and you shall, you shall not be afraid of him. What's he saying? When we see all these people out here who are saying things and predicting the future is not true, 
That person has no power. That person has no insight. I don't need to fear that person. I don't need to respect that person. It, it baffles me how it, we, we go back and, and hear some of these individuals who have said, this is going to happen. The Lord's going to come again and the world's going to end. And then it didn't happen. It didn't surprise me that it didn't happen, but it just c- confuses me to, to death that people still follow them. People still send them money. People still, people still have respect for them. Because their information isn't coming from God. I don't need to be afraid of that person. But this is the world that we live in. But it's, it's, not, just, it's not just crazy people following crazy people who are, who are putting this stuff out and believing this stuff. There was, there was a quote in, in Newsmax here a, a, a few years ago uh, by Franklin Graham. You know who that is. That's, that's the son of Billy Graham, right? I mean, a lot of people know who that is. He's written a lot of of reputable things, has even said some good things. But he was asked the question, well, what are the signs of Christ's second coming? And he answered it. Well, war and famine and earthquakes escalating like labor pains. And it was said out of his mouth, like it comes out of a lot of preachers' mouths, as if that that was a very matter-of-fact thing. You know, there are going to be wars, there are going to be famines, there are going to be earthquakes. And the problem that we have so often is that we begin to look for these signs. And this is happening and that's happening. And if we can put these things together just right and we can see the stars and we can see the events. I, I wish that, that, that over the last 20 years I had just spent uh, $15 or $20 every time I went to the bookstore and there was, there was another book about who the Antichrist really is or about, about, about where the, the, the Battle of Armageddon was going to be or about where the... The very first one I remember seeing was about... Uh, Saddam Hussein. You, you remember? Remember there are a lot of people that thought Saddam Hussein and all the stuff going on in the Middle East? That's the sign of the end. I mean, that is, has to be. And there were books about it in his picture. It wasn't. It wasn't true. But, but there's this idea that, that somehow we have this roadmap in the Bible that if we study it long enough or if we put these numbers together quickly enough or that we, if we do this or we do that, then we can know. We can know when the Lord's going to come again. I can know whether it's tomorrow or whether it's going to be a generation to to, to come. And a lot of this, just to be honest, has to do with people not understanding, even very learned people not understanding Matthew chapter 24. You you, you remember the scene where Jesus is coming back into Jerusalem. And, And what He's in Jerusalem for, He's there to die, right? He's coming back and he's coming and he's setting these things in order and, and they're sitting there around, around the temple as, as they've come out and, and his disciples and his followers begin to ask him some questions. And the Bible says that, that they came up to the point, they come up to the point out of the temple buildings to him and he answered and he said to them, do you see all of these things? Do you see what? We're looking at the temple, right? We're saying, do you see all of these things? Truly I say to you that not one stone here shall be left upon another which will not be torn down. That's a pretty bold statement, right? Matter of fact, this is one of the statements that, that they, tried to, they tried to peg him with whenever they were making accusations. He said he, said he was going to tear down the temple, right? He said he had all this power. And so his disciples have questions about these things. And so they begin privately saying to him, tell me about this. I mean, you're going to do what? When is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? You know, I'd kind of like to have the inside scoop on that, wouldn't you guys? I mean, if there's going to be, there's going to be this, this major, massive, even terrible, I want to know when that's going to happen. So tell us, when, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And what, what is missed so often, and I don't want to spend a whole lesson here, but the fact that 
whether they understood this or not, that there were two different questions that were being asked there. The, the, the first question is, when is this going to happen? When is this temple going to be turned, torn down? And then the second one has to do with His second coming. And so when Jesus begins to give His answer there, there in Matthew 24, and if you have your Bible open, you know what? You can just read that. Because it does talk about things that are going to happen in the future. And Jesus, Jesus begins to tell them, Jesus begins to tell them, I'll tell you, this is what to look for. All right? When is, it, when is the temple going to be destroyed? Well, see to it, verse 4, let, let no man deceive you. There are some who are going to come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead you. Say, Don't believe it. It's not true. You'll be hearing of wars. You'll hear of rumors of wars. You'll see that, see that you're not frightened. For those things must take place, but that, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. That's what we were referring to just a moment ago, right? And he goes on to tell them all of these things. You, you just keep reading. You just, you, you just keep reading in your text all the way down, all the way down through verse 35. About, uh, about all of these things that, that, that are going to happen and all of these signs. And every time you see a sign, you put a little mark by it. Sign, 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 sign. And then you get down to verse 36 and he says, but, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. You see, there's one thing that I can tell you a whole lot about what to look for, but there's this other thing that I really can't tell you anything about. I don't know. Not even the angels know. All that I really know about it is that it's going to be at a time when you don't expect it. That's what I've always thought about uh, when I hear guys making predictions, that I may not know when the Lord's going to come, but I bet it's not when that guy says. Because he says, he says, you don't know. He goes on, he says, this, this is what it's going to be like in the second coming. You, you're not going to have water in your trunk as if that would do you any good anyways. Okay, friends, making preparations, the only preparations you need to do are in your prayers to God for the second coming. But it's going to be like this, verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. For as in those days, which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand, they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Do we get that? That's what it's going to be like. They're going to be, listen, when you, they're going to be people that are going to be sitting down for a meal. And you're going to be at your favorite restaurant and you're going to have that big steak and that baked potato and you're going to be thinking about what you're going to order for dessert and you're going to be enjoying it and then it's going to be over. That's, that's what it was going to be like. Wait, Josh and Whitney, you, you guys are getting married this, this coming Saturday. Man, every time somebody gets married, it always makes me think, maybe the Lord's going to come. Alright? Because he said the Lord's going to come when people are, are being married and given in marriage. That there's going to be some bride who's going to be walking down the aisle. Right? You guys remember when J.D. and Ashton walked down that aisle and he started crying and then she started crying and then this whole, this whole thing just, I was worried about him for a minute. And then, and then they're going to get down the aisle and some preacher's going to stand up there and he's going to say, who gives this woman to this man? And before he can get it out of his mouth, it is that this, her mother and I, bam, the Lord's going to come. And there's not going to be a honeymoon. And there's not going to be 60 years. To, and we're just going to go to heaven. He says that's what it's going to be like. Alright? You're not going to know. Because not even He knows. 
So when I see all of these predictions, December 21st, you know, May 25th, you know, 2012, 2015, you, they don't know. Jesus didn't know. So I don't need to get upset about it. I simply need to live my life. I simply need to live my life with this understanding. Friends, it could be any time. See, it changes when I don't know when it's going to be. I've often thought, well, why, why didn't God just tell us? I mean, wouldn't it be more convenient? I mean, if God just told us, listen, I'm coming on this day. A lot of you have, have family that are coming in for, for the holidays, right? And they've told you, listen, we're going to be here. I've got family coming next weekend. And my mother and my father and my brother and all his family are going to be with us. And I'm excited about that. But they are coming. My parents are coming on Friday night. And my brother and his family are coming on Saturday afternoon. And you know what? They better not come before that. Okay? Because I'm not going to be ready for them if they come before that. Matter of fact, we'll be, I promise you, Friday afternoon, we'll be getting ready for them to get there. Right? You guys all relate to that? Because that's how we work. You should have seen Jim before his family came for Thanksgiving. Shirley had him working like a dog the day before they came. They we're getting ready. Have you, haven't you known for a month that they're coming? Yeah, 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 I know, but we're going Friends, if we knew the Lord was going to come at a certain point, you think it would affect the way we live our lives? Some of you got papers and tests and things like that to do, and you've known they were due for a long time. When are you working on them? Right now, right? That's when you're working. That's how we work. Jesus says you live your life. You live your life so that whether I come in a millennium from now or I come in two minutes, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. That's why. See, what we do know, Paul tells us, he tells the, the, the church at Thessalonica, he tells them in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 2, friends, you, you don't really need me to even tell you about this, do you? Because they had these concerns about the second coming. So he says, but of that day and that hour, I don't really need to tell you because you know. You know full well that the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. That's when it's going to come. When you least expect it. Whenever you're looking at the rest of your life and all the things that you have planned out and all the things you have planned for your children and all the things you have planned for your grandchildren, that's when the Lord's going to come. And that's not a bad thing, okay? That's a good thing. Because when He comes, that means, listen, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm going to heaven tomorrow. I, that means I'm not doing that. I'm going to heaven. My children are going to heaven. My grandchildren are going to heaven. Because when He comes, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to prepare every single day. Whether it's December 21st or it's December 9th, I'm going to be ready. Because I know. I don't know much. But I know that when He's going to come is when I don't expect it. I love what Peter says, and we'll close with this in 2 Peter 3 and verse 12. As he talks about living the Christian life, he says that we are a people who are looking for, we're looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God on, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with an intense heat. I'm looking for it. I'm excited about it. I think about it. We have those things in our life and we think about them and we look for them and this is going to happen. How often do we think about? How often do we look at the Lord coming again? I know it's Christmas time and you got those presents under the tree. And if, if, if you watch sometimes your, your kids, your kids will find the ones that have their names on them and you'll find them and they're just looking at them. Don't they? 
And they're just thinking about, I wonder what's in that, and I wonder when I get to open that, and I wonder, they're thinking about playing with those toys, or wearing those clothes, or doing what... They're just looking at those things. And the need is for us to be a people who are looking for, looking for the day when Jesus is going to come again. Friends, that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's the day when all of our troubles, and all of our sorrows, and all they all go away. It's reward day. It's the day that we get to go to heaven. It's the day that, that, that everything that we're striving for, everything that, that we're dreaming about, every good and great thing becomes a reality. I want that to happen. And I hope that you can come to a place in your life where you can say, you know, I love my life. I love the things that are going on in my life. I love the people that are surrounding me in my life. I love my church in this life. But you know what? If he's like taking up a load to go to heaven tonight, I'm going to get on that load. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be over there. I, don't, I want to be there. I want to be in heaven. That's what it's all about. To be torn between the two. And if I'm going to be here, I'm like Paul. I'll work and I'll serve and I'll do what I can. But if I'm just choosing, I just assume to take all me and take all mine and go to be with the Lord. I don't know when that's going to be, folks. And neither do you, and neither does any other man. But I have comfort that whenever that is, friends, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day when the Lord comes again. And so I'm just asking you tonight, are you ready for that day? Does that give you peace? Does it give you comfort? Does it give you hope when we talk about that day? Or does it scare you to death? I think there are some people that are scared of the Lord coming. If you're scared, I'd just ask you why. Why are you scared? Is it because there's sin in your life? Well, i got good news for you. We can do something about that. And we got the blood of Jesus Christ. You can come tonight. You can be born again. You can arise to walk in a newness of life. Are you struggling? Friends, we got a God who will forgive. If you will come to Him, it will be, and it can be, and God wants it to be a great, great day. I'm ready, and I hope you are too. So if you're not, you get ready as we stand and as we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you? Side now to follow.
decide now to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Please be seated. I didn't mean for it to be seated. A uh, couple announcements. The ladies that are going to help in the kitchen at Whitney and Josh's wedding, if you will, meet up front after services tonight. And then also, I failed to make this announcement. Um, the wedding is Saturday at 3 o'clock, but that night at the park is this uh, Christmas in the park. And Thomas Neal will be there and others will be with, with free rides. And I just wanted to tell you guys are like me. This is a great cheap day, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're all laughing, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not, but Thomas Neal's secret dream is like Elijah, to be carried to heaven in a flaming wagon of mules, okay? <laughs> so anyways, we, we appreciate you being here. And I appreciate Josh preaching the sermon tonight because we need to be constantly reminded that as children of God, we have safety and security we don't have to be worried about when the Lord is coming. All we have to do is just keep doing what we're doing in his service. So thank you very much. Let's stand then for our closing song. The Lord's Supper will be served. Uh, for those who didn't have the opportunity to take it uh, through the door to the right, please uh, pick up and remember we've got a lot of great things that are, that are happening this week. And, uh, and, and, and the greatest is, uh, one of the greatest is going to be this wedding this weekend. We look forward to that. Go ahead and stand for this song. How many people know this song? God has smiled on me. Somebody know this? Okay, so it's not a completely new song. All right, here we go. Following this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. God has smiled on me. He has set me free. I appreciate Wes's sermon. I didn't catch Josh's. <laughs> God, bow with me. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and all the many blessings you've given us. Lord, just watch over us as we go throughout the week, different jobs and different things we have to get done. Just be with our families and thank you for the health that you've given us and be with those that are not with us and just let them come back to the next appointed place in life. If you would, just watch over us and protect us. God, guard and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.